What's going on, everybody? I hope this finds you striving and thriving and doing absolutely amazing. My name is Brian Martin. I'm a second grade teacher and host of the Teaching Champions podcast. And today's episode is an important one because it's all about how we can maintain a healthy and happy headspace and ways that we can bring these strategies and tools back into our classroom and implement them with our students. And today I'm joined by Dan Wolf. He's been an educator for almost 25 years, from being a classroom teacher, an instructional coach, a district curriculum specialist, and an administrator. He's also a blogger, a podcaster, and this week he published his first book, so he's an author as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. What's going on, everybody? I have a fantastic guest for you today. We are joined with Dan Wolf. Welcome to the podcast, Dan Wolf. Oh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. We're excited to have you as we get started. Could you share your origin story? Sure. All right. Uh, So I grew up in Germantown, Maryland, and first uh, became interested in going into the field of education in high school. I had taken a uh, child development class uh, my junior year and actually remember the teachers, uh, Mrs. Vance and Miss Sangbush. So if you're out there, um, hey, uh, where we had pre-K students come three times a week and myself and my uh, classmates were able to work with them, uh, practice uh, doing lesson plans, uh, teaching lessons. And it just it was like that bug that just kind of bit me. I said, this is this is my uh, calling. This is my why. Um, And I had also done. summer camps um, and things like that for sports recreation and things and was a camp counselor doing that. Um, From there, I went to Flagler College in St. Augustine, uh, where I got my degree. And uh, for the past 25 years, I have mostly been in Title I schools in Pasco County, Florida. Uh, I have taught uh, kindergarten through fifth grade for eight years, was an assistant principal um, and at one time stepped down to uh, spend more time with my family. So I didn't miss those important moments. Um, then I soon became a math instructional coach. Um, in 2011, 2012, I was uh, selected as district teacher of the year for the county. And uh, from there, I became a district curriculum specialist for math, where I served 18 Title I schools, kindergarten through 12th grade, and then came back into administration, actually came back to the school that I had left originally because uh, t- sometimes in life, you got to take that step back t- in order to move forward. And uh, now I just recently moved to a new school about a month and a half ago, where I'm at a Title I school um, to uh, help best serve them the best way I can. Excellent. And for all the listeners, this is a really big week for you there, Dan. Can you uh, explain what's going on this week? Oh, all right. Well, one of the awesome things that's happening is I'm actually going to be having my first uh, book published uh, by Road to Awesome. And the name of the book is called Becoming the Change. And I'm really excited about it. It should be uh, being published uh, any any day now uh, in regards to it. And uh, definitely look forward to uh, telling you and your audience more about it in just a little bit. Where did the inspiration for your book come from? Well, it came from, uh, I was on a a district uh, social emotional learning committee, and that's dealing with, you know, you've got, it's more or less like uh, Maslow before Bloom philosophy. We're addressing our needs and everything our students needs before getting to the academic side of it. 
So we wanted to develop K-12 standards so that we could go ahead and build that continuum over time um, because that's really developing the whole child. Uh, From there, what I, while I was sitting in one of, one of our uh, meetings and everything, uh, planning things out, um, I had come across a quote by First Lady Michelle Obama that said, I have learned that as long as I hold fast to my beliefs and values and follow my own moral compass, then the only expectations I need to live up to are my own. And for some reason, knowing the five areas of social emotional learning, that's self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, that it all, it reminded me of a compass with that self-awareness being in the center. And then each of those four other areas were like those cardinal directions. So when you get lost in the woods or whatever, you use that compass to guide yourself. And so that's kind of how I thought of, you know, with SEL is that moral compass to help guide us through life. Um, So in December of 2019, what I decided to do was write a daily blog. I originally titled it Our Moral Compass. And what its focus was on the five areas of SEL. And what I do is I take a famous quote uh, by somebody, analyze it and write about what it means to me and then take it and then ask the reader what it means to them. And one of the things with that, what a quote means to us today might mean something completely different two weeks from now, two years from now, 20 years from now, based on the experiences that we have. Uh, So from there, what I did is in February of 2020, I went ahead and uh, created a podcast based on the writings of the blogs. So then I could also, so people wanted to go ahead and listen to it um, while they're in the car or whatever else, just to try to reach people in as many avenues as possible. And then, as everyone knows, in March 2020, the pandemic came. And so then things really also kind of came together as far as what my next step or next move was going to be. And that was, I said, be great to be able to write a book in regards to it, create like a self-assessment in the different areas. um, Because again, over time, we, you know, we evolve. And um, that's where eventually the title got changed from our moral compass to becoming the change. And on the cover of it is the image of a butterfly, because just like a butterfly, you know, starts as a caterpillar and evolves into a beautiful butterfly. That's how we are as human beings. We are continually evolving to become our best self. So that's 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 where it all kind of uh, came together. And then I also tied within the book just different uh, areas of like called them compass checks, which are actually my some of my blog entries. Um, again, put for each of those chapters um, that focus on the different areas to becoming our best self. Excellent. I've had a chance to read it, and it's a, a great read. And I love when you talk about like at different times, the quotes or thoughts or different things are going to have different meanings to us. And we're always evolving. And with these five elements, at one point, we might be really strong in a certain area and things can happen. And, you know, another day we might be struggling. And what I love is inside that book, you have a self-assessment where we can look at look at it and see and ask ourselves, what are we strong at right now? And what do we need to work on? And where can I go into the book to really strengthen these elements? Now, can we break down real quick these five competencies? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So your first one at the center is the self-awareness. And one of the things I just want to point out with all five is when you find out what your strengths are or those areas that may be like your limitations at that moment in time, 
they all rely on each other. So sometimes you might re rely more heavily on self-management or relationship skills as opposed to some of the others. But uh, to kind of break them down, so self-awareness is uh, that ability to uh, recognize one's own emotions and thoughts and values. And what that really means to me is knowing our inner selves. What makes us tick? What are our triggers? Um, it's like a mechanic that knows the inner workings of the car. We know the inner workings of us and what's going to best set us on the right path um, for us. Uh, the next one is self-management, and that is where you regulate your own behavior. Um, you're able to, where you have impulses, uh, different things, you're effectively managing stress, knowing when the situation might be getting the best of you. And you say, okay, that's where I need to go take a walk, or I need to take a couple of deep breaths, anything uh, within there. It's where we're in the driver's seat of our minds and actions. Um, we control our destiny. And those first two parts I look at as kind of like our inner selves. Now, the next two are more like our outer selves. Uh, first, uh, that one is, uh, the third one is social awareness. And that's where you're able to go ahead and look at it through the lens of someone else, look at it through their perspective, the situation. Again, as an administrator and everything, this is something that I try to do, uh, looking at it through the lens of whoever I'm speaking with, whether it's our custodial staff, our food, uh, food and nutrition, an instructional assistant or a teacher, and looking at it through their perspective. It allows us to um, kind of op open uh, open the doorway to more acceptance and things and just accept people for who they are, uh, faults and all, uh, because we all have them. We're, we're human beings. Um, and then the next is relationship skills. And without relationship skills, not, and it's not just relationship skills with others. You have to have a good relationship with yourself as well. Um, you have to communicate clearly, listen well, li listen with empathy, uh, not necessarily sympathy. It's, a, it's definitely an element we can't live without um, because you're always going to need somebody. You can't, you can think you could be, do things on your own uh, alone, but you're going to have to lean on somebody at one time or another. And then the last one that kind of ties them all in together is responsible decision-making. It's, be it's it being able to make those uh, constructive choices, um, being able to take a look at the well-being, not only for others, but also yourself too, of what's going to um, be the best decision. Because decisions, as Seth Godin once said, they're choices. And with those choices, you got to make sure you, you have an open, you're doing, leading it with open heart and an open mind to make the best uh, decisions possible. Um, so those are, those are the different areas in a nutshell uh, in regards to, and they're, they're always areas uh, and elements that are within us. They've always been within us. We might not just have recognized it. You know, we all have them. Absolutely. And when I was reading your book, it made me really step back and really think about these different areas, where I'm at, you know, where I'm at on the inside, because knowing ourselves is probably the most important person that we can know and understanding why we're feeling a certain way, how we're showing up for the world. And then I like it how you take it into the outer too. So you said the inner self and the outer self, and you have so many quotes in the book. And one of them that I, I wrote down, because I love quotes as well, it was from Donald Miller. And you said, when you stop expecting people to be perfect, you can like them for who they are. And that was just something that truly uh, resonated with me. And I think like in the workplace, looking around, whether it's the students, whether it's your colleagues, if we can lead with a little bit of empathy, 
stop wanting people to be who we want them to be, seeing them for who they are and accepting that. And uh, just uh, some great thoughts that were hitting me this weekend while I was reading it. Thank now, you. Thank you very much. And this book comes at a very important time. And it's something that we can use for ourselves, that definitely to help ourselves, but also how can we take this book and bring it this knowledge to our students? And with tragic events that have happened recently, what are some ways that we can bring this awareness and these thoughts to our students? Well, and I think uh, first and foremost, before getting into the students, I think it's where we have to take a, uh, a moment and step back and take a look at us as adults, you know, um, in the various uh, fields and everything, because these same areas apply to us. And if we don't look at these and try to improve our lives, it, how, are we, how are we going to expect to improve the lives of our students, of our children? We can only control what we can control. So with those tragic events and everything that you've um, you know mentioned uh, last week and what's happened the last few weeks, actually the last almost 20 years, all going all the way back to Columbine and things like that, hopefully that our elected officials can put politics aside and put the children and the people in this country ahead of, uh, ahead of everything else first and foremost. Because I, I just sometimes wonder, you know, for every day we, we don't have, we have inaction we, we we are um, getting ourselves further into a uh, into a deeper hole than we need to be in, and, you know. And and one of the the areas out of the five that there's one that I feel that we as a society really need to work on is that social awareness, looking at it through the lens of others. I, I just think a, a, as a dad and everything, um, I think of all the children that were lost, all the parents that will never get to hug their kids again, all all the different things. And I would like the you know for our lawmakers and things like that to put themselves in their shoes. What if they couldn't see their kids ever again? What if it was the last time they could see them smile, last time they could hold them? Um, I think they'd be a lot faster to go ahead and make things happen um, to honor those and make sure that, you know, those children and the families and make sure something like this never happens again. It's just, you know, and the relationships that they may have with others, is it really worth saving if they're not um, taking a stand against like potential financial loss for them because you know there's all again that's the politics of it and it's in education we try to stay out of the politics but unfortunately the politics more and more seems to be coming into it so i just wanted to kind of put that out there as far as we have to be better role models as as the adults for our kids now when we when we talk transition to the to the kids um what one of the things is Intentional planning leads to intentional student outcomes. So with social emotional learning, this isn't a separate curriculum. And as it said before, sometimes this is the plate. This is everything. This this is tying into everything. Because I could tell you if I had a choice between whether I wanted my daughter to have straight A's and, you know, have a free ride in college and all these things or be a productive citizen and a good human being, I would choose the good human being every single time because that's what matters most to me, you know, is that she treats people the way that they should be treated. Our, what our county does is we embed the curriculum resources within the different areas, whether it's reading, math, and how to best incorporate self-awareness, self-management. We have different activities. We have uh, morning meetings or afternoon meetings that focus on the five areas. 
uh, problem solving scenarios where the kids can go ahead and they're presented a problem and then they work together within the group of how they could best solve it. And what that does without them even knowing it is bringing out these five areas where they're being responsible decision making, uh, uh, you know, students um, that they're identifying when people are being mistreated and how to best help them. And that violence doesn't solve things. You've got to talk it out. You've got to, you know, uh, be that change you wish to see in the world. And I had mentioned things about with like the morning meetings. It can be as simple as having that greeting at the door as educators. Hey, how's it going? Because you don't know how their morning went. They might have had a rough morning. They might be. And like I said, I mentioned I was um, in a Title I school and everything. And in my experience over the years, we have kids that are homeless, that they're living um, out of their car or out of a hotel. And they might have been lucky just to have breakfast. And just the fact that they didn't have their homework, but they're there. That's what you need to celebrate is look for those positives and let them know, hey, I am happy you're here. Um, the morning meetings, um, they also you get to share things about your emotions, your feelings, how your night was, problem solve things, really get to know your kids and have the kids know each other. Um, just any of those kinds of things, um, because I think um, we talk um, in my, my opinion, our greatest wealth is our mental health. And that's also the mental health of our kids as well. I think sometimes when we talk about funding, we put so much funding towards testing and not enough funding towards mental health. We could have 24-7 mental health care for our kids, for our families. I'd love for, the, for money to be focused on that. And I'd love to see what the results are in the long term, because really the ultimate test is going to be life. That's their ultimate test. That's, that is the pass or fail. It's not, it's not where you are on some kind of made up uh, testing scale of where everybody they think should be. So sorry, I got on my soapbox there for a moment, but very passionate about that, you know, for sure. No, absolutely. And I love that. A couple of things that I really loved. I loved how you talked about, you know, taking your students and putting them into groups and then giving them uh, a situation or a problem that they have to solve and the skills that, that that brings out the morning meetings and discussions that you can have. One of my things, and we have a little mantra. So I teach second grade and we, in the morning, I have a couple key values up on the wall. And one of it's like, make mistakes, show grit, work hard, ask questions, be grateful, accept feedback. And I put make mistakes, number one, because, and we talk about it, it's make mistakes on, on your work, but also we're there to make mistakes as people and grow. And sometimes our biggest learning experiences in the classroom is when something happens, there's a, a little disagreement or, or life happens right. within the classroom. And as yeah. a class, you circle it up and you talk about it and find ways, identify the problem, identify ways that we could have handled it differently. And sometimes I think that's where we can get the biggest amount of growth. Absolutely. And I, and that's, it just reminds me of something I used to always say to my kids. And I even, uh, when I had my own classroom and then I even tell them now, uh, if it's to be, it's up to me, uh, anything you want in life, uh, life isn't going to hand it to you on a silver platter and say, here you go. Here's everything, your hopes and dreams. You got to go out and get it. And just, you know, just really kind of make your opportunities bloom. You know, I know sometimes they have the mind your own business, which is also the other acronym of it, because I would use that acronym in the class. So I had the mind your own business or make your opportunities bloom. And they always knew which one I was referring to 
when when I you know I really want them to reach for that next uh, upper tier. And then other times when they need to stay in their lane and worry about themselves. So, but it's just those kinds of things. And that's what, again, we, we have to remember they're kids, even when they go middle on high school, they're still kids. Many times we like to think that they should know these rules or they should know these commitments or expectations, but they don't. And that's our job to teach them. You know, they're not adults yet. You know, they're not, they're not 18. That is the absolute truth is, uh, and sometimes as adults, we, we, we need some reinforcement on the, on those right. skills and everything, but yeah, the kids are going to make mistakes and it's up for us to help them and guide them. And when you talked about that mental health piece, I was talking with a colleague at the photocopier and, you know, we still got a couple of weeks to go and the kids are getting a little, uh, a little more energy. They turn it up towards the end yes. of the year. She was saying that we push and we want the kids academically to grow and succeed and do great. But just like you were talking about that mental health piece, she was going through some of the struggles outside of school that her kid faces. And she was like, and we expect them to come and have to excel at work. And we were talking, you know, sometimes it's about them being able to show up, know that they're loved, know that they're seen, that they're heard, that they're valued and and teach them the skills on how to handle those different things. That's because you can't get that out of a book. And that's the one thing you can't get that out of a book to be able to those experiences and things. And I think in in some instances, you know, technology has been great, but I think it's also been a detriment for our kids, too, because they don't know how to talk to one another. They don't know how to have those conversations. And that's why I think with social emotional learning or being able to intentionally plan around those will give them those opportunities to be able to talk with one another problems because they're there are leaders of tomorrow and we've got to show them the pathway to um, being the best that they can be. Yeah. And, and how to deal with those emotions. And I think I saw on your Twitter feed, I believe it was on your Twitter feed that you put out about the four collegiate athletes that uh, committed suicide this year. And I think Good Morning America was yes. running a, a spot about that. And sometimes we think a lot about the younger ones, I guess, because that's my world. But we don't realize like the middle school kids, the high school kids and up into the collegiate levels. And how do we reinforce these skills to help them with their mental health and everything? Because it's so important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, and just, yeah, just, that was just devastating all that to see what, and that we've seen it so much in the news with, with the, like you said, the athletes and everything. And I mean, it's just even checking in with them, but no, really, how are you doing? Not just a quick, how are you doing? And that's even for each other as coworkers, checking in and really, when we ask somebody, we really should be making sure that we're really wanting to know how they're doing. It's not just uh, hi and keep going in the hallway. It's really just stopping and just saying, if there's anything you need, because I think we need each other more than it. And it's not just because of the pandemic or anything. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. I just think it's been, I think the light has definitely been shown on it a lot more since the pandemic, but it's always been at the forefront. And I think it's I think it's definitely something that needs to be continuously focused on for sure. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, when you talk about that, that piece of checking in on each other, one of my favorite quotes too, uh, from Dr. Jody Carrington talks a lot about it is from Ram Das, And I believe it is like, we're just here to walk each other home. And 
just being here to support one another, uplift, encourage, and all it's, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, praise. Um, I had another saying that I used to, and I try to remember this as an administrator, it's a poor frog who doesn't praise his own pond. And just letting people know whether it's a quick note, it takes two seconds to write a note and everything's saying, hey, I think you did a great job on this or that. And just because you never know, that could be the moment that they really were feeling down in the dumps and you just picked them up without even realizing it. It's it's paying it forward. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be an administrator to do that either. No, you know, it doesn't. Can, you're you're can, right. Your book is uh, meant for adults too, for us outside of work too. So what are certain things that you do in your own life to really walk what you uh, wrote about in your book? Well, and and it it definitely can be, you know, definitely a balancing act. And I'm definitely by far uh, not perfect. You know, I definitely um, just ask my family, you know, just, uh, (laughs) but they'll they'll go ahead, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, when those areas, it's just things that I, again, just like how we intentionally plan for our kids, we got to intentionally plan for ourselves and make uh, time for our own self-care, um, whether it's whatever, you know, exercising, listening to podcasts, uh, meditating, really trying to recognize when you're in those moments of you, being aware of your surroundings, that self-awareness, managing yourself when um, situations like you're driving on the road and you get cut off by somebody else and your first initial reaction is to go ahead and lean in on the horn or whatever else, taking a step back and realizing, okay, well, I've got my kids in the back or whatever else, what's going to be the best way to handle this and recognizing, you know, with the social awareness piece, uh, it's even just recognize when you're in the grocery store and uh, opening the door for somebody or just helping them with packages or whatever else. It's really just kind of practicing what you're preaching, um, reaching out to others, um, neighbors or whatever, letting them know that you care, uh, friends, relatives, um, and just, you know, um, just making those, uh, you know, decisions uh, each and every day. And um, really, like I said, looking at it through the lens of others. Um, One thing I'll never forget is, um, and this is just relating to the school part, when I left my one school to start uh, uh, this most recent school I'm at now, um, she gave me, uh, one of the teachers gave me a magnifying glass. And she she said, Dan, I just wanted you to have this because you never forgot to look at it through our perspective. And I actually have that hanging in my uh, office right now on my corkboard to serve as that daily reminder to, to, to just make sure no matter what environment we're in, whether we're at school, home, just life in general, look at it through the other, look at it through someone else's eyes. You, you understand things that much better. You, you understand things that much better. And also there's been moments when, when something's happened and inside, like I've been fired up, pretty angry. But then I, you know, I, I walk away from the situation. I take a minute and I try and take it from their perspective and almost, you know, you can feel that anger come down a little bit in that understanding, see why they did what they did or why they said what they said. And I think we could solve a lot of problems if we step back and we really looked at it from others' perspectives and a situation might not be as bad as what we thought it was, or those comments might not have been meant to sting as much as we made them for ourselves sting. If we look at it from others' perspectives. Yeah, we can only control what we can control and that's ourselves. And I said, sometimes when I try to, and I, you know, not every situation, but I try to even look at things uh, with humor. 
You know, mm-hmm. I always go ahead and have a quick witty uh, joke or whatever, just to try to break the ice, so to speak, you know, because not everything to be so serious in life all the time, just you, you'll burn yourself out that way. So you got to try to find the humor and the joy in some things as well. And maybe it's just a learning opportunity. I think it's all about perspective. 100% that uh, we got to go out there and we got to grab that joy. Not to life is short. We don't want to be too serious and miss out on all those great moments. Right. Now, exactly. you, you uh, my friend, just reading the book, and seeing the references that you, that you put in there, the amount of quotes, I've listened to your podcast and heard you on other podcasts. You are very well informed. Obviously, you know, I strongly recommend having read your book and knowing that it's going to come to press probably by the time this episode is published. Your book, Becoming the Change, is one that we want to read. But is there any other books that have or podcasts that are your go-to because what we listen to, what we feed our mind is so important. Is there ones that you would suggest to the listeners? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and I think always, you know, again, as an educator, we're always learners and we're always trying to grow and everything. Um, and uh, so some books that, that I would definitely, you know, recommend are books uh, written by uh, Ryan Holiday. He is uh, with the philosophy of stoicism. And um, uh, such as like obstacle is the way, ego is the enemy. Um, I also listen to his podcast. He even has a daily dad as well, um, along with the daily stoic. And again, it's just it's just a way of the perspective. It's like like I said before, the situation's the situation. Just you can only control yourself in regards to it. From the educator side of it, uh, some of the things like Relentless by Ham- Hamish Brewer, um, Lead from Where You Are by Joe S- Sinfilippo. Also, uh, one of the uh, books, uh, Last Lecture by Randy Posh, is definitely a, a, a book that I, I'll go back to within there. Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. Again, that's a big social awareness one right there. Uh, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. And there's just so many more. Again, if you ask my family, I have my own mini Barnes and Nobles, it seems like in the household, you know, it's like I need my own wing of the house for all the books that I'm constantly reading, autobiographies, anything, just um, just trying to be my best self. And then as far as podcasts, definitely um, you had mentioned about the, the athletes and everything and about the mental health. There's one out there called uh, Morgan's Message, and it's called The Mental Matchup. And it's by Morgan's message and everything. And they they have athletes on each week, um, you know, whether it's college athletes or anything that talk about the, their mental health struggles and what they've gone through. And I just think that would be good for anybody to like, definitely for our, our teenagers to listen to or any high school, things like that, because they might be going through some of these same similar things and not knowing how to best ask for help or whatever. Um, also, uh, 10% Happier with Dan Harris. Uh, Serendipity with Inky Johnson is another one. Uh, un- Unbothered with Jamel Hill, Unlocking Us and Dare to Lead from Brene Brown. And I've got so many more. I have more po- podcasts, I think, downloaded, I- I- including yours as well, that I- I- it's going to take me uh, three lifetimes <laughs> to listen to everything. But I can never say I, I-, I-, I- you know, I always have enough information, definitely just to continue to be my best self and, um, you know, and just go along that path. So. Absolutely. And I love those suggestions. Uh, big fan of Ryan Holiday myself. I read uh, multiple uh, books that he's published and, and I listened to his podcast, uh, Hamish Brewer. Uh, yes. I've read that and uh, Randy Posh with the, the last lecture. And 
I also say I agree with you when you talk about um, athletes and that that mental conditioning. That's one thing I think you call it the mental matchup. Yep. Because Morgan's message. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do a ton of that. That's one thing that uh, as a younger person that I really struggle with is is like the belief in oneself and and different strategies that we could use to help build ourselves up. And I've read read a ton of books and, you know, one person, if you're not a sports fan, these podcasts are still big. I was reading a book. I think it was like how to train like an Olympian. And this person was a sports psychologist and he had worked with a member of the Kansas City Chiefs who was a lineman. And he was given a story and he says, imagine being a lineman. You're in a stadium in front of 70,000 people. And, you know, you're getting your games broadcast to millions of people and you get an offsides call and everybody in the stadium's upset at you. Your, your fellow players are upset at you, but within five seconds, you got to regroup, get back on that line and do the right thing. And that, and we look at them as they're millionaires, but they're people. And there's a lot that we can learn on how to handle like that pressure, that negative self-talk when things come down on us, whether it's visualization and stuff. So I would recommend, I know that you listen, obviously, to to some mental uh, podcasts about sports psychology, and I would just recommend that for for anybody. I listen to uh, Justin Sewell, Increase Your Impact a lot. Yes. Yeah, I got that. Yes, that's another one too. Yeah, so definitely. But even just your example that you just gave with um, the linemen and everything, I mean, I think of it as a sports fan now. I mean, when I was younger, I would sit there criticizing and everything else. And then now that I'm older and understand the social awareness piece that much more, Mm -hmm. I say to myself, when I want to go ahead and say something, well, why why did you just, why'd you strike out or whatever else? I'm like, all right, they're in the majors. And here I am on the couch. I said, I don't know where (laughs) I think that I, I I fit into this equation that I have any right to go ahead and, Hey, you know, more power to them just to, you know, be able to do that and reach their goal and dream. Yeah. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Now, how can the listeners get in contact with you, Dan? All right. Well, my um, my biggest uh, uh, social media spot is uh, Twitter, um, and that's at serve, lead, inspire. And with the serve part, it's without the E. And it's not that I can't spell. It's just that I, I can't fit all the letters in there to get the complete part. So that's for serve, lead, and inspire. And again, I'm, I'm in Pasco County, Florida. Uh, Sunray Elementary is the uh, school that I'm at. Um, so you'd be able to find me there too if you ever needed to email me at, at there. Um, but um, definitely, and then I have like, the, I have a Becoming the Change blog and podcast as well, um, you know, within there. And I, I usually promote that stuff out through Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, any of those kinds of things. Um, and, uh, but definitely, you know, like I said before, I think that if there's one thing that I'd like, you know, for everybody to walk away with or whatever is just that our greatest wealth is our mental health. Um, we, we are ones who always want to help others, but we also have to remember, we have to help ourselves too. And when we need somebody else, we need to, it's like putting that proverbial oxygen mask on that. They always talk about that scenario. You're in an airplane, oxygen mask. Your first instinct is to go ahead and help others. But you've got to put it on your first in order to be able to, to, to really help others. So, and that's where those five areas will come from. 
and everything is being able to do that. Um, and that's really the essence of our own moral compass. And that's one of the things I, I didn't highlight before within the book, but one of the, the things that I want to let your listeners know is with this book, when after you take the assessment and everything, you're able to choose your own pathway. If um, there, if you remember those choose your own adventure books, they were in the 70s, 80s and 90s, where you had to get two different pathways and one mm-hmm. could lead, lead to a dragon and another could lead to the princess or freedom or whatever it is. Well, there is no dragon in my book, but I mean, but um, but it you can go ahead and choose whichever area you want to either enhance or improve upon. You choose your pathway. It's your life. So you could read social awareness first and then jump back to self uh, self-awareness, then their relationship skills there, whatever works for you. There's no rhyme or reason. It, again, it's your path. And that's what I love that part about your book. And we talked about that earlier in the podcast where, you know, we might be uh, doing something really good today where tomorrow we're struggling at. So you can use this. This is a book that you can revisit and go to different sections as depending on what your day, what type of day you're having. The listeners didn't get to hear all that's gone on in the past couple months between uh, switching schools with your administration and being called to serve at a different school, um, your book coming out this week. I know it's been a whirlwind, but uh, once again, I just want to say congratulations. And I hope like at some point this week, you can take a step back and even for a moment and just uh, look back on this journey and how everything, all the obstacles that you had to overcome and just uh, really appreciate that. And I think this journey has been a great role model for your children, you know, that your children can look at that and say, you know, and see everything that you did. And your Twitter handle, Serve, Lead, and Inspire. I know this is the first time that we we met face-to-face, but uh, I hope that, that we stay in touch and I just look at everything from whether it's from your book, your blog, your podcast, everything that you came out here and talked about today, you exemplify all of these different attributes. So I just want to say congratulations on your book and you make a difference. All right. Even and there's a lot more in just one. We talked about just one earlier between me and you, but there's a lot more in just one person that you inspire and make a difference for. So thank you for uh, blessing us with your wisdom today, Dan, and best of luck in the future, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you again for having me, and uh, thank you. I love this conversation with Dan. Such an awesome guy. And when he shared that story of how One of his teachers gave him that magnifying glass that he keeps in his office because she said he never forgot what it was like to be a teacher. It just truly shows how great of a leader he truly is. And he is definitely someone that just doesn't talk the talk, but he walks the walk. Now, this part of the episode is the teaching champions take where I share three of my favorite gems from my conversation with Dan. And the first gem is how he dropped the reminder to look for the positives. Look for what's good in the situation. What are the opportunities within this situation? But also 
choosing to see the good in our students and our colleagues because how we speak to others and how we treat others is going to be greatly influenced by how we view them. So look for the good in them. A second gem that I really liked is when he was talking about focusing on controlling the things we can control. Because we give our way our power when we put all our focus on things that are outside of our control. But if we take that time and we focus on the controllables, then we start to realize how much power over our days we truly have. And I also appreciated how Dan reminded us not to take ourselves so seriously, to find the humor in situations, to laugh, because life is too short, so find that joy, laugh, and do it often. And the third gem that I loved was when he talked about how he reinforced different skills and strategies within the classroom by breaking his students up into groups, presenting them with a problem, and asking for them to work together and find a solution. There's so many different skills that are used in this activity, and it can be a powerful reinforcement strategy for previously learned SEL skills. And as Dan Wolf says, our greatest wealth is our mental health. Make sure you check out his new book, Becoming the Change. And thank you for being here, for being part of the Teaching Champions community. We support, we encourage, we lift each other up. And this is an important topic. And there were a lot of great tips that Dan offers. So if you think someone would benefit from this interview, please share it with them. And always remember, whether you're from rural America to urban America to Canada to Spain to Bahrain, we're all on that same team. We're all on that same mission. And we're always better together. Keep being amazing, my friends. And as we go out into the week, may you step into your strength. May you step into your shine. And let's build our champions up. Have a great week, everybody.